the talk tonight is about mindfulness. Uh, this uh, poem is from a 14th century hermit Chinese monk, Stonehouse, 14th century. Study the patterns of transient existence. The outcome of a game of chess isn't fixed. A monk in the mountains needs to be free. People in the dust grow unaware. Wind blows tea smoke over my bed. The stream drops petals into a pool. With 36,000 days, why not spend a few being still? Why not? Why not spend a few of our 36,000 days being still? When he says people in the dust grow unaware, it, it can be the dust is like the marketplace or the road we travel. But on a deep level, it's really um, the world perceived by our sense doors. So people in the dust grow unaware. So committing to silence and combining that with being in nature like we are here it's like we're so held by the loving kindness, you know, the goodness in, in nature itself and in the goodness in the silence itself. And in a way, it's like we can hear like the pure voice of the ocean. And, you know, we can hear the pure voice of the trees or the birds, the songs, you know, and it's like the idea is that we start, again, that that deeper listening, we're able to listen to our bodies and our hearts and our minds in the same way. It's like, you know what it's like when you can really listen to the, the sound of the waves in the ocean or the wind in the trees, and it's like, ah, you know, we miss it. And it's like, if you think of mindfulness as a true homecoming, you know, or at least the possibility of more and more homecoming, you know, where do we live? You know, we often, you know, it could be that we say our bodies, you know, but it's like address, you know. Wow, we forget to mention ourselves. So the idea of having the silence and and the support of nature inwardly and outwardly is that we start to actually find some space 
It's like, and it's if you look at what we might mean, even mean by space, it's like there's the present moment. It's like there's like there's so much space in the present moment, and if, you know, it's like there's so little space when we're caught up in the future. And you know when we're really triggered and we're really thinking and it's like we're projecting it probably in the future from the past. And, you know, I feel like sometimes when it's like that, my mind feels like a, a pinhole. Like it's, it's, so, it's so small and so tight. You know, and it's like the idea of this practice and, you know, the wisdom and the loving kindness is the opposite of that, that we feel this spacious awareness that really can be with anything. It's so strong. And we get that, you know, it's like we, we don't hear enough, you know, to really notice the moment you become aware. It's like just it's just that moment you become aware just notice that it might feel fleeting but there's so much spaciousness in it in that present time awareness and to value it and not focus on how how many moments were not there that's not spacious either by the way <laughs> that doesn't really help Stephen last night was talking about how there's such an immediacy. I like that word, the immediate or immediate, immediate. It's like immediate, spontaneous. Um, there's a sense where that that spaciousness between moments either or between thoughts or like when the attention is right with what's happening um, we're touching we're really touching the truth of things directly that's the power of mindfulness there's not a controller between us and what's happening and of course we want to control um, but it, it's like it, 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 it's so painful because we can't. So it's that belief. It's really the belief that we can control so much of what's happening that's really so painful. So there's many different ways to try to describe mindfulness. There's more scientific ways. There's more poetic ways. Um, one way to describe it is that it, it's mindfulness is that which brings the attention to what's happening in the moment, moment by moment. That's very simple. Like Steve, I love what he said. The Buddha said last night, and I've, I've always loved that description. What's the cause of mindfulness? Something to be mindful of. Wow, we're in we're in such abundance. And then you know, to, again, it's it's simple, but not simple. That which brings the attention to what's happening moment by moment. 
Another way to say that, which is a little more precise, is that which brings that which is known together with knowing what's happening in the present moment. And I'll say that again. That which brings that which is known together with knowing what is known. And, you know, that's simple, but actually, you know, how does that manifest? It's like the basic sort of when you start with often a traditional um, teacher in Asia is you start with the abdomen, the just being aware of the rising, falling movement at the abdomen. So how would how would that description happen? It's like the idea is that if we can notice anything, you know, that's the cause, right? That there's something to be mindful of. Then the idea would be, say you, say, you know, lying down before you go to sleep is a great place to put your hand on your belly and to feel this movement. It's so clear when you're lying down and you, you can even put your hand on your belly so that you're not even trying to have the attention within the movement. You're not trying to feel it from the inside. You're actually trying to have your attention in your hand and just feel the movement come into that area so there's less controlling. There's less trying. And often, you know, if, if, if we really are honest, it's very simple. We'll probably say, there's movement. And that's a really good answer. It's, it's, it's you know, it's like, it's a brilliant answer. We want to say all these things because we think that would be a better answer. But actually, movement is a very honest, clear answer. And so when we say, well, well, there's, we're bringing together two things. You know, that which could be known, the movement, and knowing. Knowing that. It's like they're different. Knowing it and that which is known. The movement can be distinguished from the knowing that there's movement. They're inseparable. They're inseparable, they're distinguishable, and it's, you know, it's like often all of this is happening back and forth, moment by moment, you know, but we're not so aware of it. Uh, And of course, (laughs) as we're coming to stillness, we will emphasize more being aware of the movement, but often we'll be aware of knowing it, and that's good practice. That's the mind or the heart that knows the movement. So as you, as you can imagine, the reason, the reason why this is so delicate is, is only because things are moving so fast. So, you know, if we tried, if I said to you to do this with a thought right now, it would be like, <laughs> wait a minute, you know, it's like, <coughs> let's try it with something slower. So yeah, we, we really encourage, you know, being with the breath, being with body sensations, being with sounds. Because if you practice what I'm saying with sounds, like just see if you can have the attention, no, vibration, 
just as it's happening. It's moving. And, you know, if you, if you see how quickly it's moving, that's why it's delicate. And then we get involved with thinking we have to do something with what's appearing. That's the controller. You know, that's the, that's the separate self. <laughs> so, you know, we have all this internal pressure that, you know, a sound will come, and it's not that we just know it. That's an active, it's alert. An alert mind, a non-doing awareness, is not a dead mind. Learning this kind of art of letting things be is actually like grows awareness. It, it helps settle the dust, and then we realize the dust is an illusion. It's not even real. So we're bringing the, um, basically when we do this with the, with the breath, for example, that's when we bring the body and mind together. You know, we hear a lot about body and mind, but it's really knowing, the knowing and the known, the knowing and the known, the knowing and the known. That is when we really feel here. That's when we feel at home. And in some ways, it's not as complex as I'm saying it. It's only that it's, it's, it takes a certain kind of quiet and stillness. And we're actually, it's happening all the time. Like this is, this is not something that you're fabricating or making up. That's how, when we say relax into it, or relax into it, <laughs> or relax into it, you know, mostly. That's what we're saying. Just see if you can drop into what's already happening. You just, you, just, you just keep dropping into what's already happening. And of course, sometimes we drop in and we fall asleep. And actually, most of the time when we fall asleep, we actually have been there. We actually had the ability to bring the attention together with what's there, but there's not enough energy to sustain it. That's all it is. When we start nodding, often initially it's like, oh, but I thought I was there. It's kind of a surprise. (coughs) But it's only because we were right with this movement of the breath, and we were, we connected, but there's just not enough energy to sustain it through the movement until its end. Plus, we don't like that it ends. That's, that's the most important piece. You know, we would prefer it if it wasn't impermanent. impermanent. There's like, that's when insight happens. Often people are having insight and they don't even know it because it's like you're with the rising movement, you're with it, and it ends, and it's like we actually don't really like that. So we space out. Or we're with a sound and it's, you know, that's why there's so much emphasis on anything. It's like with the sound of the rain right now. It's like if you're really with each drop, you, just, you know, you, you know, we do all this work, right? 
know, we, we, we connect the attention, we sustain it, you know, it has a, a lot of gall to be di- to disappear on us, right? <laughs> you know, it's like we finally like show up for it, and it's not doing what we want. It keeps disappearing. That's the price of aliveness. And it's like this with everything. It's like really try to hold down a thought. It's impossible. It's just awesome. I mean, that is the most awesome thing, is to see how much power thoughts have over us and how fast they're moving. And you know, are they in black and white? I don't know. (laughs) It was so fast. Are they in color? Are they images? Are they words? Well, it's like, wow, it takes kind of being quiet to notice it. And if you notice it, it'll disappear. That's, it'll be unsettling. That unsettling feeling is insight because it's like, oh, the question, who am I, becomes a really, you know, the stakes are high if it's that impermanent. And of course it's meant to lead to a deep relief, like the, the freedom that comes from knowing that we don't have to believe all this as real it's, it's just um, it's, that's freedom it's the biggest relief possible the end of suffering so non-doing awareness requires um, you know a lot of wisdom and it's very practical for us. So, so for example, when, when we talk about difficult emotion, so say, an example I like to give because it's often one of the hardest things for us as humans is loneliness. And say we have a sense, you know, that there's a certain thought pattern happening and, and you start really feeling it, the things that are happening corresponding with those thought patterns in the body, if we realize, if there's enough wisdom to know that we don't have to do anything with that experience, and that we can actually let it come and go like the sound of the rain right now, just, just imagine that relief that you don't have to do anything with it. It doesn't have to prove that you're unlovable, you know. (laughs) It doesn't have to prove that you're, whatever, not good enough at intimacy. It doesn't have to prove that, you know, you might as well go get another, you know, whatever, million dollars worth of therapy. And I'm not putting down therapy at all, but it's just like, just that sense of like that we have to do something with it. We have to work on it. We Oh, that working on it and fixing it and... But it's just like the sound of the rain. And it's only because we don't perceive it that way that we think we have to do something with it. I'm not saying this is easy with loneliness, so certainly the, the emphasis, of course, that we will, we will say over and over because it takes time for it to sink in it's like practice that with the sound of birds 
and just practice that sense of having the sound touch the ears and then experiencing that concurrence, letting it see if you can follow the thread of that sound as it takes birth, as it, as it lives, as it dies. And notice that you don't have to do anything with the sound. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.